Tantrum House Board Gaming Podcast is recorded live from Studio WKRD in Greenville, South Carolina. This podcast is brought to you by our friendly local game store, Boardwalk, purveyors of fine games. Bezier Games, the new classics. AEG, we make fun. The Game Steward, your second chance at Kickstarter games. And Game Toppers, LLC, upgrading your gaming experience. Your hosts are here to help you sort through the cardboard commotion to help you find the diamonds in the rough. So buckle up, especially if you're driving right now, because you're about to arrive at the Tantrum House. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today we got Will Meadows, Sarah Meadows, Hannah Johnson, Ryan Pills, and Psychic Larry in the house. It is the week for us in real time leading up to Tantrum Con, which means we haven't slept. Our voices are all gone already. Show hasn't even started. And uh, in general, we're super excited and can't wait. Absolutely. We have been stuffing bags, filling out badges, printing signs. Uh, we have a giant Amy. How, how long did it take Amy yesterday to make the <laughs> human size, bigger than cat size, human size boop game that we're going to be playing at Tantrum Con? Oh, yeah. So if you are at Tantrum Con, you will have seen this potentially. Um, but get this. So Amy came home the other day and it was like maybe one o'clock in the afternoon. And she was like, well, I'm going to head over to my mom's and I have to sew different blankets together. And then she was going to tape them up. So it looks like a boop mattress. Um, and she was like, I'll probably be home before dinner. <laughs> no. Uh-oh. <laughs> She got home. Two days later. She got home when she texted you guys. You, oh when gosh. did you get your text? 11.43. She texted in the middle of the night. I was like, does anybody want to see how this is going? I assumed she'd been done for hours. No. She wow. was driving home. Thank you, Amy, for your hard works making a giant mattress. Apparently, there was a little bit of difficulty with the sewing machine. <laughs> so. so is that duct tape on it or was it sewed patches? I don't know. The actual blankets are sewn together. Okay. And then there's painter's squares. tape gotcha. to make the squares. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. I don't know. She made two of them, I think. Two yeah. ginormous ones. Huge ones. Uh, if you're not familiar with the game Boop, you are controlling a bunch of wooden cats on a mattress who are pushing each other off the edge of the bed. It's a two-player abstract strategy game, and it's yeah. pretty hilarious to play with wooden meeples. So with people, it should be yep. hysterical. You I made the headbands yesterday as well. Everybody gets their own cat ears. Yep. Excellent. How do we? Do, how, what's the difference between a kitten and a cat? A tuft of fur will be on your head <laughs> if you are a kitten, and you will take the Velcro off when you become a cat. Nice. I didn't know if it was going to be tails or if it was like you had to stand on nope. your knees for two hours absolutely not <laughs> how i i'm sure this is planned out where are we playing this at are they like moving the tables out of the way correct okay awesome i can't wait the pictures from this will be good hopefully you're there to enjoy it what and are you can play every year from here to <laughs> or you can come to game nights at the community game night each month and play it maybe i don't know all right, so my voice is already half shot. You guys tell us a little bit about, about some of the games that you've been playing this week, and then we'll jump into our topic, which is 
Well, first of all, I want to say I am super excited about Tantrum Con. I so excited. That's the topic. You have to wait till the topic. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're super excited, as are we all. Um, yeah, let's talk ten minutes about some of the games that we've been playing recently, and then we will absolutely talk about the things that we are most looking forward to uh, for Tantrum Con, which you will probably have already experienced if you're listening to this, and then you can find out whether or not we were right. Maybe we can make like predictions. Even I'll, I'll be excited to hear what those are. All right. So, what have you guys been playing? Since the Delps aren't here, I feel obligated to tell that I played Starship Captains. Oh. The Delps are going to be uh, doing a play with session at TantrumCon, I believe, and also uh, doing a little video. And it's basically like a Star Trek-ish uh, game from CGE, Czech Games Edition. Um, so you have a generic Starship vessel and uh, some ensigns that can do things they're color-coded red yellow blue and there's red yellow blue rooms and a gray room that anybody can go to and i think red lets you move yellow lets you fire at pirates that may be along the paths you're going to be moving along and blue lets you get uh cards from the tech track which may give you additional rooms that you can then uh go to in turn gray is just repairing so it's it's useful that anybody can go there because when you get damage it blocks um your cargo uh spots and that's where all your rewards will be going and then um some of your tech card slots start out damaged so you have to repair them i focused a lot on tech and it, i think that's why i won one of the tech cards one of the things you can do is um you'll be earning medals as you go along you can spend one metal to turn a gray person into a colored or any color into a different color. Um, or you can spend three to upgrade them to a commander and a commander gets to activate a, a space twice or, or two different spaces that they qualify for, or they can bring someone out of the queue. So you have another person to play with. Um, and I think there's something else they can do, but anyway, I got a tech card really early that let me get commanders for two medals instead of three. And then I got another tech card that gave me an additional point for each commander. And then I got another thing that like stacked on that. So um, I was maybe eight points ahead of everybody else. Did you play Starship played... Commanders instead of Starship Captains? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it was a pretty close game. I, I think my score was 49. So, you know, it was like a fifth, sixth of my points. Um, was just from that strategy. But there's there's lots of stuff you can do. When you shoot pirates, they will either give you a resource and a medal or um, they'll give you something else. I don't remember what it was because I tried to avoid them. I got a tech card that let me avoid them. So I was just like, well, I'm not even going to bother with that part of the game. <laughs> but it was, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of stuff going on. And it was interesting because uh, when you use your person, they go up, there's this uh, little track and they they go into line on the track and then uh once everybody's done using all their people everybody's passed you then shunt all those people you glide them along the track back into your ready area except for three stay in the track in the queue you'd have to see it to understand it it does i but, don't understand it but i've seen you guys play it and the board for this game does look very cool like there's several boards they all have inset stuff there's like pieces moving everywhere yeah. the illustration style is super fun and bright it looks cool yeah, it's it's a great game so check it out whoever i had talked to recently didn't seem thrilled by it oh did, did you feel like there was like any flaws with it what was your you you won so that makes it a little more enjoyable yeah. but but good solid game i think overall it was it was solid i it was my first time playing so I just 
like latched onto I, I need to follow commanders and I kind of ignored the rest of the game. And then whenever I couldn't do a commander thing, I was like, okay, I, I have, you know, a red person. What can I do with a red person? I'll do that. And then it worked out for me. So interesting. it's, it's, uh, I played it once. It's, a, it's an okay game. Um, I'm trying to remember what I thought of specific actions in the game. It's more, I thought it would be a little bit heavier game, but it's actually a, a little me- medium weight. It's not super heavy. Um, it doesn't look heavy. Like the art style looks like it would be a lighter, more fun game, even though it looked like there was a million things going on. Yeah, it's a little light, medium type game. Um, I think that was part of it. I, if Spectre, I played, yeah. yeah, I think if I played it a couple times, then it would kind of, you kind of master it ish. Um, I don't think it can go super deep. Although there is a lot of different choices you can make with the different colors, but speaking of a lot of choices that you can make, we just had Tigris, Euphrates, Rivers. What's it called? Wayfarers. Wayfarers of the South Tigris. <laughs> yeah, that game on the table. Uh, Larry was teaching us how to play it. Give us the rundown on that one. This one is the opposite of Starship <laughs> Captains. Super deep and heavy. Um, yeah, there's a ton of different actions you can do. It's a dice placement uh, and worker placement. Uh, so you have the main board where you're placing your workers on the board to do specific actions. Then you have your own player area where you have your dice and your dice manipulation board, which you upgrade. And then you use the different spots on your board to place your dice according to specific requirements. Um, so there's a lot of things to keep track of because there's resources you have to pay to do different things. Um, and then the game timer, per se, is another board in the middle, um, which is kind of like um, uh, Lost Runes of Arnak, the research board. It's that type of progression where you kind of take a track up the board and depending on what resources or what um, things you fulfill... Uh, you can go up certain parts of the track um, and it kind of goes that way. And when somebody reaches the end, then that's the end of the game. So yeah, I, I was think enjoying it's super it. fun. We, we didn't quite finish the game. We're like halfway through. It did kind of have, yeah, a, kind of like a mix between Arnak and Santa Monica, actually. You're building out a, your personal tableau of cards and you've got like f- two cards going out stacked above each other on the left, two cards going out stacked on the right. Uh, you are kind of like, you have to... Make sure you get the right kind to go in the right area to stack on top of each other to add more bonus points. And, yeah, it was interesting. I didn't expect the Santa Monica feel, but it definitely had that. I think Sarah would enjoy the game solely for that part of it. And then it's a Shem Phillips game, so it has iconography that you're familiar with, illustration style that feels right. You're doing the, like, you have workers that you put out, and you don't bring them back until you take the card later, and then that's how you gain them back. Um, it was interesting. I, I've heard lots of people saying lots of positive things about it. I am only three quarters of the way through one game, so I don't know that I can quite speak on it yet, but I'm I'm excited to finish it out and try it a couple more times. It's, it seems really slick. So we, Hannah and I got Twilight Inscription to the table because it's yep. been a few months since I've played it, and I'm teaching it this week. <laughs> Thought I might want to brush up a little bit <laughs> on the rules. The rule book is surprisingly small. I feel like it could have explained a few more things, but it did. It, it's just like just 
play the game. Yeah. The Get game, the bonuses. You, Unlock all the stuff. <laughs> these four boards that you're looking at are so intimidating. There are so many small little icons that I didn't want to play this game before because I was very intimidated by the entry point factor. And then just Sarah... The, just the word Twilight on the box Imperium, cover. It's, it felt very... It was going to be a heavy game and very intimidating. As soon as Sarah explained it, she's like, it's four mini games. You're fine. It'll be easy. And I was like, oh, this is much easier than the look on the table. Yeah. Yeah. It's four mini games and what you unlock on one sheet, you might be able to use somewhere else. So that is my one flaw <laughs> with this is trying to keep track of what I've unlocked. Uh, I, I think my biggest complaint of the game is I scored 32 points and I feel like I don't like games that I'm scoring low. I want to score like you want tons to score of points. 132 yes. points. Yes. Um, but that's just how it works. And I didn't feel like I'm that far behind. I think on the Tigers game, I feel like I have seven points so far. <laughs> See, that's not satisfying at all. I'm trying if to it's remember. a party game where it's like everybody, like you might get one point a whole round and like yes. everybody scores like single digits, then seven points is not a big deal. Yeah. But when but... it's like, I have marked off 500 boxes yes. on these four sheets of paper of my scores only. 50? How does this whole board only have one point? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's that was definitely a disappointing thing. I but feel like you may have been playing that board wrong. <laughs> I think I was, but that's okay. Yeah, I've realized like I have not played this to the level that it needs to be played. Like I need I need to figure out what a better strategy is because it I'm not marking off enough boxes on no. any of these sheets. I feel like most of these games that are overwhelming, you should concentrate on two things really well. Don't neglect everything else, but concentrate on two, and maybe we'll do better. Yeah, that's my strategy when I play at Tantrum Con. I'll be against seven other people, so hopefully I do okay. Eight. It plays eight, yeah. Oh, man. That's going to be so much table space. It's all simultaneous play. You, roll, you flip a card, and it's really easy. Yeah. You, it gives you some resources, and you get to pick which sheet you want to play them on, and then you roll the dice, and everybody plays those on the board or on your board, and it's all simultaneous, except for there's a few events that happen that you compare things to other people. I will say, so this roll and write, you get a neon orange marker versus the black erase marker that's in most of them, and that's so much fun. It is. It's way better. I love it. Because it, it, the boards are dark. They're very bright, vibrant, and the marker shows up well on them. Absolutely. It's, it's all about the accessories. We know it. All right. Well, let's jump from here into our Kickstarter conniption. Kickstarter conniption. This episode, we'll be talking about five campaigns coming to Kickstarter in the next couple of weeks, the end of February and beginning of March 2023. Will, start us off. Okay, Kevin. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, okay, so the game I'm looking at is called H-U-A-N-G. Mm, How are we saying that? Wang Huang? Huang? Huang from Phalanx Games. This is a two to four player area control um, game from Reiner Knizia, and it's a remake of his game, Yellow Jangzi. Yellow and Yangzi. That one. Pronouncing <laughs> words. Which is also a 
sister game to the Tigris and Euphrates, which I already came what? up with. <laughs> That's where it was coming from. Yep. It was in the back of my head the whole time. Uh, so this game is a... Uh, it's got a beautiful board to it that you put out a couple of starter tiles on at the beginning of the game. And then in the game, everyone has their own set of minis that are color-coded. And it's an area control game where you kind of actually want to work together with other players and be very strategic in where you place your tiles at. Because uh, in the game, anytime that you create a state, which is basically a set of uh, adjacent hex tiles to each other. Uh, anytime that you have uh, one of your colored leaders in that space and someone else does, you have like a revolt and you have to fight against each other for control of the territory. Uh, but in addition to that, anytime that two states end up merging with each other, all of the matching colored captains from any party will end up in that battle and everybody can contribute to the battle. And sometimes you're going to actually find yourself battling against your own captains of another color that are in the other state. It's very interesting. Um, and you, I don't even know how to describe it. The first time we played it, I was like, I don't want to battle your state because my other guy's over there. He's going to lose a space. This doesn't make any sense, but it became a very, like I realized, Oh, I can remove tiles. I can add tiles. There's a lot of different options in the game. And by the time we got done with our first round of it, uh, I had gone from being kind of skeptical at the very beginning, like, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this, to the end being like, whoa, that was a serious brain burner. I feel like I really accomplished something. Um, in the game, all the tiles have different... Uh, they're going to gain you different colored victory points, depending on what color tile you lay. And at the end of the game, your final score is uh, whatever your lowest number of colored points is so if i had like eight yellow ones but i only had three blue victory points i'm only getting three victory points at the end of the game to win that's like my final score however there is one set of tiles that are white and they are wild and then you can kind of assign those wherever you want and so i ended up winning the game pretty much solely because i had so many i had like realized that halfway through the game and i focused on getting as many white tiles as i could so that i could then balance out whichever my lowest victory point total was and uh, it was really interesting I, I very much enjoyed it i'm looking forward to bringing the prototype to tantrum con hopefully to play with some other people who are interested in it because uh it was fun it was a good time and you should definitely check out Huang on kickstarter now sarah what do you got i looked up how to pronounce that in chinese <laughs> or mandarin or whatever it is and it was very nuanced. It's like Huang, and I was like, I can't. Well, we listened to the guy say it like four times because it was like, first off, he had an accent, so he was like, to pronounce this word, you say Huang, and I was like, did he say it? Was that it? <laughs> <laughs> we had to listen like three times. I could not reproduce it. I don't no, have the vocal capability close. to make my tongue move like that. It was no. a very interesting. Place. I I don't I don't know how to do the inflections that Mandarin does with all the different tones there's eight tones i can't do it oh yeah there's so many tones yeah also amy came home and told me you made her play this game yes we did make <laughs> her play she seemed very not excited which is not surprising since you said it was area control and a brain burner she did warn us right at the beginning she was like oh i'm not gonna like this game <laughs> well what happened was will kind of left her alone and just attacked me the whole time so that i lost really bad and amy almost beat will out right at the end it was very close between amy and will because then will realized amy has made this impenetrable uh, fortress and I cannot do anything that's going to 
make me take it over. She did definitely like win at the area control part. She just had so many points in one color and not any in the others that that is how I ended up being her. It's a really interesting balance because you you could totally crush on the board, but you got to be strategic in the points you get. It was interesting. All right, coming to Kickstarter, uh, March 7th is Inaros Fallen, and this is from Pequick Dreams. Um, this is a one and two or four player game. So it's a two or four player battle game, but it also has a solo mode, if that makes sense. Um, in the game, uh, there is a hex board, and you have your shamans who are going out to... Um, prove their magical prowess. And um, there is a deck of um, fate cards. They have, there's a, a color of your faction and a color of the other faction. And the cards are simply just one or the other color. There's a few that are like both, so you could choose how to use them. And the cards are used to, um, for certain things. So if you end up being on the same space as an opponent, you can um, battle it out and uh, you can use those fate cards to um, allocate towards an attack. Um, you can also use the fate cards, I believe, to move on the board. And then there's some spaces that have um, um, tiles on them that you can explore. And if you have the right number of um, either shamans or um, whatever the requirement is, you can gain that and you'll gain magic crystals throughout the way. And those crystals can um, give you bonuses to gain battle dice or to um, do extra um, other actions in the game. So there are um, three, I believe, different modes of play they have um, some different levels of difficulty and each one will add new things to the base game and then it will also make the focus of the game a little bit different so the first one is a pretty straightforward um, you're gaining the tiles and you're battling it out with the other player and then the second one adds these um, tiles where you will place tiles on the board and it will either impede or allow you to speed up your movement, which is it completely changes how your focus is in the game. So um, you can choose which mode you like to play when you set up the game. That is Inaros Fallen from Pickwick Dreams. Brian. Coming March 7th from Greater Than Games. And this isn't coming to Kickstarter. It's coming to Backer Kit. That's the Ooh. thing I wanted to point out. This is Sentinels of the Multiverse Disperation. It's an expansion to the definitive edition of Sentinels of the Multiverse. The first expansion, Rook City Renegades, um, has come out. And now this is the second one, Disperation. Um, I think it's emphasizing the the pandemonium of the multiverse and all of the different realities. There are six new heroes um, nine, well, I, I shouldn't say new because they might have appeared in the original Sentinels of the Multiverse. Um, but there's six heroes included, nine villains, five ever-changing environments is what it says, and then all sorts of variants, events, critical events, and new options f and for ways that you can play with your heroes. Um, and they don't give a lot more information than that. But there are, are already 
like 4,300 people at the time of this recording that have pledged, pre-pledged um, to back it. So we'll have to see what all is in their campaign when it launches on March 7th. Larry, what do you got? On March 1st, uh, Scholars of the South Tigris by Garfield Games uh, will be coming to Kickstarter. It is the second of, I assume, another trilogy. Um, I assume it's another trilogy. That's what he's got going so far. Yeah. So we had Wayfarers, which we just played. Um, but Scholars of the South Tigers will be the second one by okay. Sam McDonald and Shem Phillips. Um, it, it is a another game where you win by scoring the most victory points. What? Shocking, I know. <laughs> Um, but according to the description here, you are translating scrolls, increasing knowledge in various areas of science and mathematics, influence three guilds, and retiring translators as a years of faithful service. So many things going on. I'm a great reader. But um, according to the pictures I looked at, uh, it does look like it is similar to Wayfarers in that you are doing a lot of uh, worker placement as well as dice placement. Um, it looks like you have a different set uh, a tableau that you're building there on your board as you are trying to get these scrolls and translate them. Um, a lot of the iconography looks similar to Wayfarers as well. So if you have played Wayfarers, you will probably be interested in playing Scholars of the South Tigers as well. Coming to Kickstarter on March 1st. Yes, Sarah. Uh, coming tomorrow, so this will actually, the campaign will already be live. Yes, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> she was raising her hand. I was. I was like, point over here. Send it over here. Toss it my uh, way. Toss it my way. Uh, 25th Century Games is launching three games on the same Kickstarter campaign. Three? Three all at once. And this uh, will feature Aguada. Color Field and Donut Shop. Uh, Donut Shop is by Jeffrey Allers, and it is a tile laying game where you are trying to fulfill donut orders for your customers and trying to gain the most cash by the end of the game. Um, Color Field is by Mondo Davis, and in the game you are working towards. Um, building a palette of colors on your canvas and uh, every round you're going to be replacing one of the tiles on your board and trying to get it to line up with the colors that you have previously placed. Um, so it's kind of an interesting color matching puzzle. Um, and then there is the other game is Aguada is City of Umbrellas. And in the game you are gaining umbrellas to put out in your little market area on your board. And uh, you ha has an interesting mechanism of um, each round at, after you place your umbrellas, you can send tourists to come to your little shop area and look at the mural you're working on. And the umbrellas of certain colors in each row can score. So, um, but then you need to, at some point need to take a rest action for your tourists to go back home. And the tiles that you use to score each row will rotate. So now the ones you've already placed are 
not going to line up anymore. So you'll have to plan ahead for when that's going to happen. So um, you just play until all the boards are filled or a board is filled and then you um, finish the round and score. So it's got an interesting little bonus action or bonus end game scoring at the end. And uh, whoever has the most points wins. So those three games, Aguada City of Umbrellas, Colorfield, and Donut Shop, all from 25th Century Games on the same campaign, uh, February 28th. I think we're going to have uh, prototypes of most of the games that we just talked about tonight, maybe not half of them, at Tantrum Con. And uh, hopefully you'll have had an opportunity to see them and check them out yourself uh, so that you can know if you're interested in backing them on the Kickstarters or Crowdhoxes or whatever one Ryan was on earlier. Backer kit or game found all the places. We're going to jump into another house guest segment with a returning guest, Ted Osbach from Bezier games. Welcome to the show. Hey, well, thank you. Great to be here. We, um, we've had you on the show many times, but we wanted to talk about, uh, on this part of the, uh, in this interview about, uh, the search for lost species, which is from another company, uh, Renegade Game Studios, but you guys had your uh, your hands in this one uh, with the app. Tell us a little bit about uh, the about all that. Sure. So um, you know we know we know the folks. The folks at Renegade are great. We love their games. We love a lot of, we know a lot of the people there. Um, and I've had a relationship with both Ben and Matt, the um, designers of Search for Planet X, Search for Lost Species, because they did Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig mm. several years ago. And so I've known them for that. And so, you know, it was very nice. You just know little people in the industry that way. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Search for Planet X. Um, I played it dozens and dozens of times. I've, I've, I've basically forced it on lots and lots of... <laughs> when they call it for game night, I'm like, we're going to play Planet X. They're like, what's that? I'm like, oh my God, just wait. It's awesome. Uh, so love, love, love the game. Uh, I like deduction games anyway, but love Planet X. And... Um, Ben was telling me, uh, we were talking about something else, and he said, oh, by the way, there's going to be a sequel coming out um, to this, uh, Lost Species. This is, I don't know, about a year ago or so. And I was incredibly excited about it. So I got a chance to play it at, a, at an event um, almost a year ago, kind of the, the prototype. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's like the kind of the next level for, for deduction. And then that was about it. And we had some other conversations going on. And one thing when I heard from them is that, boy, they announced it a while ago, but they weren't able to get it out there because that the app wasn't done yet. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's unfortunate, you know, and, uh, you know, because we know what that's like because we actually have staff that works on apps. We have developers here at Bezier Games that work on a bunch of apps for our games. And we know that that's a that's a thing and uh, it can be hard to get the right people in, in place. And we've been very fortunate to have people on staff that are really, really good at mobile apps. And we're talking about that. And, and I was like, oh, I, I feel bad for Renegade because it's such a good game and they can't put it out. <laughs> uh, and so we talked about it internally and we're like, you know. We have developers. They need an app. Um, we're busy, of course. Everybody's busy. But at the same time, you know, let's see what we can do. So we worked out a deal, and uh, we ended up doing the app for the Search for Lost Species. And uh, that was uh, it was a really fun collaboration. I'm working with the designers and Renegade on it. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, yes, it's a business deal. But at the same time, I got to play Lost Species. <laughs> over the past six months so that's yeah. really cool yeah um and uh, you know we developed the app and super happy with how it turned out because we really wanted it to kind of take to the next level because the planet x app is really good and functional but it was you know just kind of bare bones it, it does yeah. what it needs to do i would agree uh, we really wanted that. 
Planet X is definitely yeah. more of a functional app to make it make you make yeah. you be able to play the game. Um, yeah. I should be I should back up a little bit for those who are listening. If you're not familiar with Search for Planet X, uh, it is a deduction style game where you are finding out information in the game, sort of logic style, and it's giving you information about what things are near or what things are may not be near. It's, and the Planet X is about comets and and asteroids and and things like of that nature and the um, in this in the in the sky but um but there's an app that goes with it and then for search for lost species which is currently on kickstarter as well it is, yes. <laughs> uh, you could check that out on run it from renegade game studios uh the, the 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 whole theme is about finding different lost species and in the game you are choosing one of the lost species to to find and i, I like i think what i like about the the new version the search for lost species is um, some of the things that are changed in the game are you actually are traveling around on a hex-based map to different uh, regions, and then you're basically searching uh, for those uh, lost species. And the same, same, same sort of logic deduction ideas. Um, but the app is to me integral because you're like you're like touching the different hexes. Yeah. of the map and then you're telling what animal you're looking for and then you're also you know uh you're you have different things like the conferences and um man the, all the different uh things you're traveling are you traveling by foot are you traveling by boat <laughs> all that kind of stuff uh, tell us a little bit about were there any like um struggles in the app development that you know of uh that was like oh we really need to unlock this to make it really work well I think we had a, we, I mean, we, we try to do all our stuff. We try to plan as much as we can ahead of time, but then mm-hmm. once you actually have something to work with, things always come up. So, yeah. um, you know, we've, and this is a big problem again, being a fan of deduction games and the game, <laughs> uh, the developers have probably had enough of me going, Hey, we should do this. Hey, we should do that. Um, we're like, okay, we need to, we need to stop working and get on to other stuff. I'm like, I know, but it's so, what if we did this? So we adding a lot of extra little things to it just to really refine the app experience and kind of, we don't really want people thinking about the app. You want people thinking about the game and mm-hmm. you want the app to kind of be this kind of an extension of the gameplay. And it's just another component basically of, of the gameplay. And so making it as um, you know, that, that it flows as well as possible and it doesn't get in your way. That's, I think that's the biggest challenge of working on an app like this, because it is integral, like you said, to the gameplay, you have to have it. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, you don't want to be, hold on, I got to go through all these steps or do mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, it's more, you know, the, the sounds that we have and all the things like that, we're trying to kind of immerse you in that world of uh, finding the lost species and to feel like it's just it's another tool to make the game even better. And I think yeah. that's an excellent, amazing job integrating the app with it. And we wanted to kind of continue that and kind of even take it up a level. Yeah, um, I agree. It is. It does feel like an extension of the game. It doesn't feel clunky. It doesn't feel like it's um, outside. Of it. it doesn't feel like you're taking it yourself outside of the game. It feels like you're still immersed. And like you said, it's like a tool that you're using yeah. to make the game even better. Um, we actually we actually did a live play of this the other day, and uh, one of the one of the uh, people who were watching were was asking about the app itself. They're like, "How does it know all this information? Like, like how does like because we you know each of us yeah. we did a three player game, and each of us had our own phone with our with the app loaded in. And um, can you tell us a little bit how that works a little bit with the databases and stuff? Yeah, so it, it's really really interesting, and I kind of knew a little bit about this with Planet X just because the, you know the Renegade's been very and the develop and the designers have been really public about like how everything works. If you go, we can read some some things. But uh, basically, there's a there is a giant database of all these games, 
thousands and thousands of games. Um, that is in every copy of the app. Game codes that you get when you start a new game, it gives you this four-digit game code. And that basically just picks one of those thousands and thousands of games. And then everyone else enters that in. They all have that on their phone. So there's no communication needed, no Bluetooth or Wi-Fi mm-hmm. needed for it, which is really nice. Um, and uh, the actual data set for it is incredibly small because it's really... I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of, you've got a bunch of different things. You know, there's 16 spaces on the board. Where are mm-hmm. those things? Uh, the biggest chunk is really probably, um, eh, which seems to be the biggest chunk, but there's, it's it's what does the uh, AI do when you're playing against, there's a, a uh, the, the bot you play against, it's called Teeny, and so mm-hmm. there's a great solo game in there, um, which is the, the thing that we're just kind of finishing up right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, the steps that, the, what does the AI do in those situations? That's probably chunk of the code there and there's also of course the you know what are the things that you mark off depending on which side of the board you're on and what level you're playing at you know what are the hints that you get at all the different levels because now we've added instead of just four levels there's 12 different levels that you have to choose cool. from um to pick a little more granule cool well thank you for sharing us a little behind the scenes of uh of another game uh, the yeah. search for lost species that's currently on kickstarter if you'd like to check that out you can go to kickstarter.com and check out Search for Lost Species. Thanks, Ted. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, All right. So let's uh, talk for a little bit longer in this episode as we uh, just kind of cover, anticipate, predict maybe some of the things that we are looking forward to most at TantrumCon this year. Uh, I know I always have my favorites, but what are some of the things that you guys are most looking forward to? And uh, and do you have any predictions? Because I'd love to know what your thoughts are on what's, what's going down this week. What's going down? Well, first of all, I have to say my favorite thing is playing games with friends. I don't always get to play lots of games because I'm usually working at conventions and I am working a billion hours at this one. But uh, the late night prototype where everybody pulls out stuff they've been working on, super fun. And then the story I was going to tell is today I was just at the grocery store buying some snacks for my kids for the week while we're at Tantrum Con, and a guy stops me and was like, you're Sarah from Tantrum House. I was like, oh, yeah. And he goes, we are coming to Tantrum Con this week. We are so excited. I've, I've been in the past, <laughs> but this year we are take, We brought the wives. We're bringing all the kids. We are so excited. It's going to be amazing. And I was like, yes, it is. That's <laughs> awesome. wait. That is super cool. I always love when I run into people. I hope that's one of the things that I enjoy most about Tantrum Con. I'll tell you honestly that um, I'm pretty, I don't know what the word is, humbled, delighted, stupefied by the fact that the number of special guests that we have coming, like top tier game designers, top biggest you know YouTube channels out there uh, are coming to our con, which blows my mind. I really figured like maybe someday when we have... 10,000 people at Tantrum Con or whatever 10 years from now uh, you know some some notable people will show up that aren't just our friends because we because they like us um, I'm really really thrilled by the number of special guests that we have that are, are traveling from all corners of the country to and come internationally yeah to come hang out with us for a couple days at our tiny little con in Charlotte North Carolina uh, I'm very much looking forward to as Sarah said some of that late night gaming prototype testing and really just the opportunity to hang out catch up and and really have a good time together uh the people are what make it amazing and then in addition to you know the notable people um man i super love when people get excited on facebook and and they're pumped and they're you know like i shared a a gif today or whatever a gif how do we say that um (laughs) 
that just that was like I'm excited, and then like I don't know, twenty people replied with I'm excited, and all those people like I want to run into you at TantraCon. I hope we get to hang out. Uh, come say hi. I would love to just chat and see what you're up to, what games you enjoy, and man, I'm I'm just looking forward to hanging out with people. It's going to be a good time. So I'm in charge of the board game library this year. That is my area. So last year, the most checked out game was the Night Cage. That was the one that got the most. I've been thinking about what my predictions are for this year. I really think Deal with the Devil is going to be popular. Yeah. I have heard that. But yes, I know. It's very interesting. (laughs) But I'm also going to try some new things out. I think, um, do you know how you go to a bookstore and if you can't decide what book you're going to pick? To pick out, you might choose one of those wrapped in brown paper packages tied up with strings and you can just get a mystery one. So my plan is to choose some of the less checked out games, wrap them. not necessarily bad games. No, just less checked checked out and give them a chance to get a little more love. And maybe that will up some of their count. But I... I've been thinking about it. I'm not sure what other game I think is going to be super popular from the library. Do you have any predictions? Oh, that is a great question. I hadn't thought about it, but it does make sense. Deal with the Devil is a hard one to get to the table because you've got to have exactly four. So this is the perfect place to do it. Uh, I'm sure there's some other like big box games. Ark Nova. Yeah, Ark Nova will probably be one of those. Um, I, I don't even know. Do we have like the whole Everdell collection in the library? I feel like that would be an opportunity to play, you know, a three-hour game with all the expansions that you don't normally get. Well, we have our werewolf hallway this year. Will that make it more popular to be checked out? Because mm. we have it in their face all the time. Or are they just going to go? Or there are they just going to go there? People. Yep. Yep. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, I am you. When you were talking about what you were going to do in the room with the brown paper bag, we always kind of just have the games on the shelves alphabetical. Correct. Are you? We need to have like a little podium or something that has like yes. Hannah, Hannah's pick, top pick of the hour or whatever. So um, I am definitely going to make it more bookstore-like. So my secret dream has always been to be a librarian. What? If, if someone had told me in high, in college that I needed a degree to be a librarian, they surprise you with that. I would have switched my major. Um, but what is a librarian degree called? Uh, it is a master's of library sciences, which library is, sciences. I just would not have, I didn't want another piece of paper. Um, but so I'm fulfilling all those dreams and I'm oh, very excited about dreams it. Come and true at even better that it's board games. Yes. Over books. Yes. It's even, it is almost as good. <laughs> uh, quick story because it's true we do fulfill dreams at tantrum con the second year that we had it a family came up from florida for tantrum con and their daughter had never seen snow before <gasps> and it snowed in late february of all times in greenville and their whole family was like we, we don't have time to play board games we have to run outside in the snow real quick and dance around for a while <laughs> i, I like, think I we're it. planting on 70s this year yeah, so no snow. snow this year probably not fingers crossed <laughs> one of the things I always enjoy is I I can never visualize how the tournament meals are going to turn out. I just watch Katie put all the decorations together. And then when we get there, I'm like, oh, that's what that was for. <laughs> and uh, they're always amazing. So looking forward to the tournament meals and getting to play games. Should be great. She did. She she always does a great job. I did help her, and I and Amy helped with the boop one this year. And 
And Hannah helped make all the headbands. It was a lot of headbands. It better be as amazing as watching Will and Jonah play, watching (laughs) everyone play. That is my expectations, and they're set high. I love it. I love it. Uh, I agree, though. Katie always blows me away because I walk into that room for the, like, I don't see any setup. I just walk in, and I'm like, oh, this is nice. She's got giant golden balloons and tassels and decorations. And then two hours later for the next meal, I'm like, whoa, there's spaceships and letters. Like, it's crazy. She does an amazing job of turning over what what could be the same room six three times a day or whatever and they each have their own experiences it's fun that's a really good time it is definitely a good time and we definitely have a lot more turn of meals this year which yeah we'll fill every meal slot (laughs) which will be crazy i think larry is the busiest tantrum house staff member i think his schedule is the most packed out of everybody Oh, well, I'm the photo guy, apparently. Nice. We'll see. If we have no photos from TantrumCon, you know why. <laughs> he left the lens cap on the whole time. Who did it? Who didn't charge the batteries? Who <laughs> didn't put the the memory card in? Wasn't me. So you're going to be hopping all over. Yeah. Do you have like an itinerary? What are some of the things, what are the hot moments you're trying to capture? What's the perfect um, photo do you, that you predict getting? I'm, I am super excited about just being able to jump all over and see a lot of things that are going on so just because i'm taking photos i'll have to be kind of everywhere but i'll be able to see all the turn of meals i'll be able to see a lot of the gaming in the main area um and even some of the kids room stuff uh but the table flipping will be super fun we'll have a stage for that um last year i got a Pretty good video of them throwing the table on my phone in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, we'll I was see wondering. We'll see if we can get it is, again. That, that was a fantastic shot. Yeah. That's like the closing shot in the promo video is where the, ca- the <laughs> table piece hits <laughs> Larry's camera, knocks it over sideways, and then the video ends. It was a great shot. It was pretty good. Thanks so for getting I'm, that insurance on your phone. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what other shots we can get this year. We should have a bunch of fun things going on. So hopefully you had fun. At TensorCon since it's past already over. <laughs> we uh, in previous years we've had usually we have just tables that we set up in the main area that we flip over. Uh, one other year, and this year we're gonna have a stage again so that everybody gets a better view of the table flip. It always looks a little better because you're like an extra three, four foot off the ground. And this year we're having like a splash zone as well. Oh no! Where we're warning people in advance, like there's blue tablecloths in the splash zone. You got to be like, I think we're maybe, I don't know if we're making people evacuate it or if we're just giving them fair warning. Like if you stand here, we're not responsible for death, dismemberment, any of those things. And uh, it's it's fun. I really, really enjoy the table flip. I enjoy, it's, it looks much better in slow motion because it happens longer. In real life, it's like three, two, one flip. Oh, that was it. But man, the photos of the people's faces in slow motion yelling as they put like 120% of their life force into the table flip is I love it. Absolutely. (laughs) Excellent stuff. All right. Well, super hope that you were there. I hope that you made it to Tantrum Con. Uh, If you did not, then I'm sorry. We did actually sell out of badges this year. So uh, be on the lookout. We'll be making announcements, I'm sure, not long after the event uh, for next year's event, which we're hoping will be in a... I think a bigger space with more tickets. And if not, then you definitely need to get them because uh, they will go fast. But uh, we, we look forward to the time. Hopefully we had a fantastic time and uh, we always enjoy hanging out with you guys and having fun here on the podcast. So if you can't make it up to Charlotte, North Carolina or our game nights in Greenville, South Carolina, then keep on listening right here. And Oh wait, before we go, (laughs) Ryan. Yes. Ryan reads reviews. Ryan's ready with the review. Let's go. This one is from gut shot games. 
Great addition to my weekly routine. That's the title. Five stars. High-quality board game content that offers something different from the other podcasts. Ooh, what is, what's the Ooh. different part? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I give this a 7 out of 10. Oh. For brevity. It was, it was good. But I don't feel like there's it's very descriptive. Like, it, I don't know. It says great addition, high-quality, different. But it's still kind of nebulous. It hit you know, all the high notes. Concrete, concrete elements. Well, disagrees with you, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, I like it when anybody says nice things. <laughs> it, it was good. I mean, it's it's seven. Like seven it. seven's That's respectable. a solid review. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, Gutshot. If you guys are uh, are available and interested, we'd love to have a review from you, and maybe Ryan will read it on the show. If not, though, you can always listen in and have some fun hearing about board games. Till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tantrum House Board Game Podcast. If you liked any part of this at all, find and follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and tantrumhouse.com. Like us, share us, email us, call us, or send us a postcard to Tantrum House, 306 Berry Drive. That's B A R R Y. Greer, South Carolina, 29650.